You're listening to the Gold Standard Podcast. I'm your host, three-time Olympian and motivational speaker, Leah Amico. On this show, we're going to dig deep to unlock what it actually takes to build a foundation for greatness. If you're an ambitious person with big vision, but you feel like fear is holding you back, get ready for some major breakthroughs. Let's dive in. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Gold Standard Podcast. Today's guest has a lot of accolades. She was a collegiate four-time All-American at Northwestern University. She was two-time Big Ten Player of the Year. She had a 419 career batting average. She also played pro softball for the Chicago Bandits for seven years. She was on the 2010 USA Softball National Team. And now, recently, I'm excited to share a little bit about what she's doing now, but she's a top advisor to watch with Cook Financial Group. Welcome to the podcast, Tammy Williams. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm excited to share a little bit about your story, Tammy. You and I met a number of years ago at a USA softball event. And you know what? It's It was so nice to meet you in person because I watched you on the field. I watched you compete at the Women's College World Series. I knew your name. I watched you compete on the Chicago Bandits. And so to actually get to spend a little bit of time helping young athletes with the, the program that MLB and USA softball connect on, it was really nice to kind of just get to meet you because I don't know, it gives you like a different feel when you get to actually like see the person behind all the stars and the stats and you know what they do on the field. So it was really great when we connected. I agree. I think that's, that's the amazing thing about sports, right? You get to get connected to all of these people that you would never run into. There's some amazing people behind the athletes every single time. Yeah. So you and I were talking a little bit leading up to this podcast. And I want you to share a little bit about your journey to getting to Northwestern. Like what you did, you told me you had changed positions. That's part of my story as well. But tell me kind of what that looked like before you got to Northwestern and what led you there. Yeah. So growing up, I grew up in a you know small rural town in uh, kind of Southern Missouri. And at, you know, my high school, I played every single sport. Um, I was, you know, I ran track, I played basketball, uh, not very well, um, but I played, <laughs> I played volleyball, uh, obviously played softball. And, you know, being from a rural community, I was one of the better athletes. And so, you know, immediately they threw me into being a pitcher. And um, <laughs> it was very much my personality. I went out there and I just threw as hard as I could every single pitch. And um, I got to be pretty good. Um, I wasn't great, but I was good for, you know, Missouri. And so as I started to try to get recruited, um, I wasn't very highly recruited as a pitcher. And, you know, if you've seen me in person, I'm, you know, five, three, maybe five, four with spikes on. And so I'm not, uh, I'm not your traditional six foot, six foot two pitcher. And so it was actually my senior year. And I broke my hand sliding into home, actually. And I think I got in a lot of trouble from that for my coach. But I, um, so I broke my thumb and it was my first weekend back out and I couldn't pitch. So my coach put me at third base and I had not played the infield. I don't even know since I was like in coach pitch at some point. And um, actually Northwestern was there and saw me. And so after the game, after that tournament was over, I uh, spoke with Kate, went on a recruiting trip and just absolutely fell in love. And you know what <laughs> they, I remember them saying to me, like, we want you to come in and uh, play shortstop. I'm like, I, again, I haven't played infield in years, but like, if you think I can do it, like, 
let's go. What an amazing campus, amazing coaches, the players. I mean, just the program in general. I, I knew as soon as I stepped on that campus that that's where I needed to be. So do you think, did you have other, other programs looking at you as well? Or was it kind of like right time, right place? And they saw me. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think that's what life is, right? It's that right place, right time. Um, I, like I said, I was not highly recruited. I had a few offers after kind of that weekend. That was really about it. And uh, after I went to Northwestern, I, I knew that's where I needed to be. Yeah. See, this is this is why I love doing this podcast because everybody usually sees the after the fact, right? What these yep. athletes turn into and who they become in the numbers. And it was the same for me. Like I had a handful of schools recruiting me, but one of them happened to be Arizona and they happened to be kind of on that upswing. And, you know, we became national champions. I became an All-American. And you think you shock a lot of these other coaches that are like, wait, wait, where was that kid? Yeah. <laughs> so with that being said, what would you say to athletes in different parts of the country that maybe they don't get as many looks because, you know, did you know, like you wanted to play next level growing up? I did. I knew I wanted to play. Um, I actually thought I wanted to play volleyball. I loved playing sports. I loved softball. It made me happy. It was my passion. I knew I wanted to play at the next level. I just didn't, it wasn't working out. I wasn't getting where I needed to be. I felt like, and I think, you know, you trust the process, right? I showed up every single day and tried to get a little bit better every single day so that when I was in front of those coaches, when I did get the chance, I was ready for it. And I think that that's the key. You know, it's not about what you do when that coach is there. It's what you do every single day leading up to that. Because I I mean, Kate will tell you, I didn't get a hit the entire time she watched me play. I never got a hit. And she's like, but you had great instincts. You ran really hard. You were a great teammate. And you were, you talked. You communicated well. And those are the things that made them recruit me. It wasn't that I hit three home runs and was some stud infielder. It was all of those. It was all of the things that you can't teach someone to do well. They could teach me how to hit. They could teach me how to play shortstop. They couldn't teach me how to be a great teammate. Yeah. Wow, that is so powerful. A couple of things you talked about showing up every day. I think sometimes people complicate it too much. It really is the simplicity of now, granted, it's hard work, <laughs> it's commitment, <laughs> yeah. it's dedication, it's willingness to like do the grind, right? But when you do, the payoff will come. Hard work will be rewarded. It might take some time. It might eventually need the right environment, but I truly believe hard work will come. And then you just made another point, And I think it's great for parents or athletes to be reminded. Everybody does think, oh my gosh, I just have to go four for four. And then I'm going to get that scholarship, but not necessarily. You could honestly go four for four. But like you just said, what if you have the worst attitude on the team? You know, you aren't communicating whatever the, the coaches like look for those intangibles. That's something that was told to me as well. When I was in high school by somebody who played in college and she said, look at, they're going to come and they're going to watch. And a lot of times they're going to watch more about how you react when you fail than mm -hmm. when you succeed. Is that something that you would say played into that as well? Oh, I mean, I think that's, I mean, that is softball, but that's life, right? You fail. If you're trying to do anything really well, you're going to fail along the way. And so how you react to that failure is way more important than actually failing in the moment. So talk to me a little bit about that, because I really believe failure recovery and the ability to respond quickly and make like quick adjustments. You don't become a great athlete without that. And so how, was that like something that came naturally? Was it something you really had to work at? Tell me about like when you did struggle, let's say at the plate. 
Yeah. Um, you know, it's so funny. We were actually talking about this uh, group of friends and I this last week and being able to understand why you failed and have the confidence to say, you know what? I know what I did wrong. I know how to prove and make those adjustments. But I also know when I just need to turn off my brain and be an athlete, right? And so that I think trusting yourself and really using practice to get better every single day so that nothing that's ever thrown at you in a game, it's not the first time you've done it because you've been going 100% in every single practice. And so I think that that if you constantly fail in practice, you're used to it. You're used to adapting. You're used to go ahead and, and putting yourself out there, being uncomfortable, be, being vulnerable. And so I think, I don't know, you know, if I went back and looked at like seven-year-old me, I don't know if I naturally had that or if that was just something that sports taught me. You know, as you grow older, I think you get better and better and better at it for the most part. But I, I think it, it, I think it is learned. I think it's definitely something that you have to adapt to. I think it's something that is not innate for people to want to fail. But once you get comfortable with failure, I think that that's when you really excel and you can do something incredible. Yeah, I agree. And I think also like if it makes you more hungry, right? Yeah. Because failure means like, wait, I, I got to figure this out. Like what <laughs> next? Right. And then what do I do with that? So I, I love that, that you talk about that. I think it's so important. You know, how would you say failure in sports and the things that you learned in that sense have helped you as an adult and in the career field? Yeah, it's interesting. I think if I look at what I'm doing today and how it compares to my athletic career, there's honestly, there's so many comparisons. We work as a team, right? The better the people are around me, the better, the more successful I'm going to be. The failure portion of it, it's you have to learn quickly, right? You have to make adjustments. You have to handle pressure and handle it well. And I think all of those things that I learned, you know, with my 20, 25 years of playing softball, it taught me how to come into the financial services industry and really be in the moment, really listen to what my team needs, listen to what my clients need. And that allows me to make better decisions rather than focusing on what happened yesterday or what happened a week ago. It keeps me in the moment with them and making good decisions for the future. Listening and responding is so huge. I think so many people want to tell everybody what to do and what they're thinking, but to listen. And when I hear that from you, you do that as a leader. I think of athletes who really kind of go to that next level. You're, you are a listener to your coach. You receive. Tell me, like, has that been something in the financial industry? Like, were you that type of player and then employee originally? that was like, okay, teach me everything I need to know because I want to be the best. Like, what did that look like for you? Yeah, I love to learn. I love to gain information and understand what is happening and all the dynamics. And I love to understand people and I love to understand teams and like how to make myself and the people around me better. And I love to be able to empower people. And so that was just something that I think, but I think a lot of that came honestly from Northwestern. I had so much to learn coming in as a freshman in September and being expected to play shortstop in February, never have played a game at shortstop. I had so much to learn in such a short amount of time that all I, all I felt like I wanted to do was soak in information. And I think that that was the moment that probably changed 
changed my career where I thought, you know what, like just look at the people around you, listen to the people around you because they've been doing this, right? They can set this path for me. And the more information they have and the more I can learn from them, the faster I'm going to get better. Such good information for everybody. The ability to keep learning. You've never learned enough. Nobody has, no matter what we've done or accomplished, we've never learned all that there is to learn. Yeah. What have you found? I mean, you played in pro, you played at college, your team got to the women's college world series. You played team USA. You're a part of a very successful financial team. Now, what have you learned is up there with what causes teams to be their very best and what empowers people? I would say communication, you know, being able to communicate efficiently, being able to be transparent, being able to have hard conversations when hard conversations need to be had. You know, I think setting expectations and creating consistency with communication. If you have, you know, nine people on the field going the same direction and then nine more on the bench going the same direction. You know, my team here, there's 15 of us. If 15 of us are all on the same bus going the same direction and having really good leadership and communication about what we're doing and why, I think that teams are unstoppable in that moment. I think it's so true. And you talking about your desire as a leader to say like, I want to empower others. Others are going to feel that. Not like I'm going to order everybody around and tell them what they need to do and (laughs) cause them to feel like they're never measuring up. Instead, it's literally this building up and encouraging process is what I'm hearing from you. Is that what, is that correct? Yeah. I mean, I always say, I, I always want to leave somewhere better than I showed up, right? Like no matter if it's a team, if it's a company, if it's a family, whatever it is, I want to leave that in a better place than where I found it. And I also am very aware that If I'm not there, I need to have someone trained and ready to step into my shoes. And so I want the people around me, I want them to live their best life, right? I want to give them every single tool and all the confidence in the world to get where they want to be. And so I think that that's just, I think that, but again, I think that that comes from being around great leaders and being on great teams where you support other women, you support the people around you and you want them to have success and you cheer on their success. And that's what, that's what makes teams incredible. Well, and we need more of that and hearing you, that's why you guys are thriving. That's why you've built this great team. That's why you're trusted in that sense. Because if I was to say it, it, it's that we all win. We all win. We all become better, right? Like too many people think in order for me to be great, I've got to step on the people around me because I need to feel better about what I'm doing and I need to rise up. But instead, when we rise up with others and anytime you're a team athlete, like I I felt like that with Candrea as well, like we so respected him and you had that with your coaches at Northwestern and it, you just feel this, like we do this together. Yeah. You're the coach and I'm the player in this role. I'm the one with the bat in my hand, but you helped me when you saw what I needed to tweak and we all win, we win together. And, and that is something that, like you said, in the financial world, in the career field at home, in the home environment, like it affects everything. And so that is so well said. And and I I love that. And I just know that an environment is better because you're a part of it. And I, I also think this is why 
like when I had met you, like, I think right off the bat, it was like that kindred spirit of like, this is it. Like it's good people doing good things, but more than that, like wanting to make other people better and let people see, be seen and heard and known that they, they are cared for. Let's go back a little bit again to softball. What was it like, like in the professional league for you? What, was there anything new once you got to that level that you would say that you really learned as, as an adult and, you know, entering into that different season of softball? Yeah, absolutely. There were um, a few moments I feel like, you know, from a playing perspective, I remember playing uh, middle infield with Vicki Glendo and she was playing second and I was in awe. Like it was just so simple and graceful and the way she moved. And I remember going up to her, I think it was like the first week and I'm like, I need you to teach me how to do this figure four slide into a backhand. Like this is incredible. And so we just practiced it for days. And I was so excited the first time I could do it. Um, But, you know, from a playing perspective, I think I got so much better in the pro league in the USA on the USA team, because I was around athletes and softball players that were better than me. And I could learn from them because I had been at Northwestern for four years and I had continued to grow and develop. And then you go to get into the pro league and people have been taught differently, right? People played defense differently. People hit differently. People, you know, we just have different coaches. And I think that that was something that was really fun for me to see. And I think that I grew again, because again, I have new information. I have new people to teach me. And so I think that that was really fun. I do think that my game went to the next level at that point. And it it was because of my teammates around me, right? I would say also really fun to see how different programs how the athletes came out and functioned in the pro league, because you see each other play on TV, you play against each other. And I would say most people that played me were like, I I do not want to play with that girl. She is not my favorite person to play against. But I think, you know, once you get to play with these people, I'm like, oh my gosh, Amber Patton's actually awesome. Who knew, right? Um, you only see that one side of them. So it was fun to see how, you know, Arizona girls came out and to be on the same team with those players or Florida or Georgia or UCLA, see how they were coached and how they approached the game. I think that's probably the part that I enjoyed, honestly, the most about the pro league. Yeah, that is so great. And I'm with you. Like it's, it's different meeting them and then being on the field with them and like, okay, wait, we got to work together now. We've always played against each other. I know you're a great player, (laughs) but I got to fill you out as a person. Did you ever have a time because I had this happen a little bit with team USA because all of a sudden, like I'm a line drive base hit gap hitter. And all of a sudden, like everybody's just hitting home runs. And I had this little period of time where like, tried to like copy them. It did not work for me. Did you, did you ever have any time where you're like, Oh, maybe, maybe that's for them and not for me. You know, I think at one point I was like, I should be a slapper, right? Like I should add this in, I should add this into my like toolbox because why not? And I wasn't good at it. I mean, I was like, I don't know why I ever thought that was a great idea, but I will tell you, like, this is, um, this is what I love about sports and talking about failure. Kat Osterman would strike me out every time. I, I mean, she, obviously she's incredible. My swing and her like did not match up. And so the last year of my career, I just slapped every time it was important. And it was the only way that I could do my job for the team. And 
you know, something that I thought was such a stupid tool that really didn't matter. Well, guess what? When it's, you know, world championship on the line and cats on the mound, it does matter. And so I think that, you know, the 90 times she struck me out, the fact that I could come in and slap and have a completely different look for the defense than they were ever used to seeing. Like that's, that's what sports teaches you. And like, those are the moments I look back and like, well, it worked. We, we made it happen. Right. That's a great point. I think being able to make those adjustments. And like you said, it might not even be your strength, but for you, you know, in a certain matchup, then it gives you the best chance for success. And I'm with you. Kat Osterman was probably the hardest pitcher <laughs> for me to hit as well. Lefty on lefty and that that stinking curveball. I would scoot all the way up in the box on that because it's true. You have to stay so short. And as a slapper, the idea is you don't have to get all of it, right? You're shortened up. You're just kind of making contact with the top half of the ball and trying to make something happen. But yeah, she's, there's a reason she is one of the best in the entire world, right? And it's definitely it. better when you're playing with Kat Osterman than against <laughs> her. Let's talk a little bit about leadership because you're, you know, you are a leader in a lot of ways, but I know your respect for your coach, Kate Drohan, and what, you know, she meant to you and still means to you. So tell me like what stands out about the way she led and kind of how that even impacts you today and the role that you're in. Yeah, when we spoke um, before, I think I said to you, you know, when I'm not sure or I have a leadership question, she's still the person I call. And I'm in a completely different industry. I'm in the corporate world, but leadership is leadership and getting people to follow you or follow a strategy or a plan. Leadership is the same. And so Anytime I have any sort of question, she is the first person I'm calling. Um, I think that she does such an incredible job producing really good humans out of Northwestern. And she's an incredible softball coach, right? It is an incredible program. But more than anything, the skills that she teaches for you for outside, after softball, right? After Northwestern, those are the skills that honestly help me today. Um, that helped me run our team today and the ability for her to still, you know, pick up the phone anytime I need anything and help me. I just think it speaks volumes to her character and just, just who she is and the program that she runs and the, and the athletes that she produces. Yeah. Character and integrity are so important. And I love how you said it doesn't matter what field industry athletic event you're doing. Leadership is leadership. And I'm writing a book about the gold standard. And it's, it's these areas, like you've talked about so much of it today, communication. It doesn't matter what you're a part of, you got to be able to communicate, <laughs> right? And leadership and overcoming adversity. And it's, it's all these pieces that usually don't have to do with talent per se. But I think you hit the nail on the head when you just said it's who she is as a human. Because at the end of the day, no matter who you're working with, you guys are dealing with money and it could be big enough amounts of money now, right? But at the heart of it is a person you are serving and working with. Your team is made of people. Yes, they're trying to make a living, right? They have goals they want to hit, but it's a person. And and that's something for me, like we, we were in sports, but it was about the people we were next to, our teammates. It was the coaches. I, I talk sometimes even about the fields crew guy at Arizona. Like the guy loved his job. He had so much passion and he would come and like it impacted us because we're like, yeah, he does his job well so we can do our job well. And it's really about 
the people. And I think, you know, obviously we all have different personalities and we do have strengths and weaknesses, but I think the core thing is staying humble to say, and you've talked about that, about needing to continue learning, but, but I need to keep growing and I can, I got to recognize my weaknesses too. So talk to me a little bit about maybe how humility can play into that. And even maybe it's okay to recognize your weaknesses. Absolutely. I think recognizing your weaknesses is the only way you ever develop and get better. And I always say, I want to surround myself with people that are intelligent, that are driven, that are passionate. But at the end of the day, I want to surround myself with people that are good at things that I'm not good at, right? I I want someone around me that compliments me, that makes me better and that wants to show up and realize that a team of people is always going to be better than an individual. And this idea of collaboration and communication and just being really vulnerable and understanding that we're not all going to be good at everything. We're not all going to enjoy the same things, but that's what makes teams better, right? If we all had to be, if I, if you had nine shortstops on a team, you would never win, right? You have to have those different personalities and you have to have those different strengths and weaknesses. And like, that's, that's the core of a team, right? It's not about surrounding yourself with people like you. It's about surrounding yourself with people that make a balanced team that can all go in the same direction. And I think, you know, it's um, as I think about teams and like what really makes teams and leaders successful, it's focusing on what's in your control, right? There are so many things, you know, in my world today, the stock market, it's out of my control, right? It can be incredibly stressful for people, but at the end of the day, that is out of my control, All I can control is making the best decisions. I can't control how someone feels. I can't control, you know, so many things in the world. So really focusing on what we can control and how we show up, what is our attitude every single day? How do we approach every single situation? To me, like that's what leadership is. That's what great teams do. It's really easy, I will say, to be good at something. It's really hard to be great at it because it's a conscious decision every single day when you wake up to do it, right? It's a conscious decision to do it when no one's looking and all of those things. But I think that that's something that um, I really like found that I love to surround myself with those people because it's just incredible to see what they can do. It's fun. It's fun to be around people like that because it it pushes, like you said, we're going the same direction, but yeah, like I love maybe coming alongside you and maybe you're, you know, I'm thinking sprints right now, right? They're a little, <laughs> me, but it's like, okay, but I'm going to give everything I have. Cause I just might catch you <laughs> or whatever that is. Or like, you know, one day I, I'm going to catch I, you I, if I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So tell me this, because I want you to share this as we had talked about this. And I love this point. You talked about how, well, I, I want to talk about career transition because at one point you went into coaching and then you also wanted to do psychology, I believe. So tell me, take me to how you became, um, you know, in the position that you have now in the financial industry. Yes. So at the core of who I am, I love to help people. And so in undergrad, I thought it was going to be, I wanted to help little kids or I, I wanted to help, you know, either whether it was low income, whether it was special needs, like I wanted to help in, in some way. And I um, did an internship actually at Children's Memorial in Chicago and I loved it, but I quickly realized it wasn't good, a good balance with my personality. I didn't go home at night and just be able to enjoy because I was so worried 
about what, what, if the kids were okay and what was happening. And so I just knew that that couldn't be my every single day. And so I was fortunate enough to be able to continue to play pro and do lessons and clinics and um, just kind of navigate and figure out who I wanted to be in my early 20s. And, you know, I was probably, I don't know, 25. And I got an opportunity to go coach at DePaul. And so I thought it was a perfect opportunity to see if I wanted to be a college coach. It was a perfect opportunity for me to go back and do my MBA. And through this, same thing. I loved coaching. And you know, I was still playing. And finally, I, I thought, you know what, I I want to give corporate world a try. I want to go out and see, I want to be able to compete. And this is one of the things we talked about my entire life. You know, there is a difference in a softball player and a baseball player. And I, I wanted every single bit day to be the best softball player on the field. But I knew that I wasn't going to be the best baseball player if I went to Wrigley Field. And so the ability to go into corporate world and compete with men head to head, no physical barrier there, that was something that was very appealing to me. And so as I kind of figured out and navigated what I wanted to do, um, actually, someone that I was giving lessons to, their dad was a CFO of a financial firm. And so I went on some interviews and I just honestly fell in love with the industry because there are so many things that are similar, right? It's you you get to compete. You have to handle pressure. I get to help my my clients every single day, and I get to do it with a team around me. And so all of those things, it felt like home to me. And um, so I loved that transition. It's like it is the it's never where I thought I was going to be today. But I think being able to just try something new, and again, it's okay if if I fail at it, I fail at it, and we will figure it out. But I think taking that leap of faith, I'm so thankful that I did it, what, now seven, eight years ago, because it's truly created this life and this passion that I just never even really knew that I had. There's a saying that I heard years ago, and it was that, you know, don't chase your passions, chase opportunities. And the whole idea was that just what is before you? Because there might be something in your story is perfect. And I feel like for me that happened with commentating and some different things that I was like, like, no, I'm not interested in that. It wasn't like something I thought of doing. And then, and then you say yes to an opportunity. And all of a sudden this whole new door of things happen that you didn't even know were possible. And you weren't even like heading in that direction. Like you said, like the whole thing, probably the best thing that ever happened to you was the switch from pitcher to shortstop. For me, the best thing was my coach moved me from pitcher to, to outfield. <laughs> like I would not have thought that. And if you told me that as I, when I was a high schooler, I wouldn't have believed it, right? Because I was a pitcher and that was kind of what I was known for. And so that is so good. You shared so much. Um, the Tell me like when you hear the gold standard, what does it make you think of? Because everything you talk about, I'm like, this is all the gold standard. <laughs> what does it make you think? It's interesting. I, you know, I think it's, um, it is just how I think I try to live and lead. And to me, it's how do I just, how am I the best person that I can be every single day? How can I empower the people around me every single day to be the best version of themselves? And I, I just think it, it, to me, it's a lifestyle, right? It's a choice of how you want to live your life. And not that everyone has to live their life that way. You know, there's lots of people out there that I'm sure, you know, I have siblings that could care less if they went at sports. 
they don't care. But that it's just who I have always been. I've always been competitive. I've always wanted to be the best. I've always wanted to push myself to see what would be next for me. And so to me, that's what the gold standard is. It's continuing to try to make yourself better, to set your up, to set yourself up, to take any opportunity ahead of you. And and I think of how you got to Northwestern, like you said, the coaches were watching you. You didn't have necessarily a lot of options, but you had the one, and then you're giving lessons to somebody who ends up leading you kind of into this new field. And it is, it's about the people, but you said two words that I do want to point out lifestyle and choice. It really is our choice. And and kind of that's how I feel. Like the gold standard for you might be different than the gold standard for someone else. And if people don't care, then we all know, then that's fine. They're going to do what they're going to do. But <laughs> I'm so connect with everything you're sharing because 100%, like we're made from the same cloth. Like I, I every time you're talking, I'm like, yes, 100%. <laughs> everything you say. So just to finish up, um, What would you encourage people that maybe feel like in these uncertain times, right? You're in the financial industry and the world just seems crazy right now. But you talked a little bit about controlling the controllables. I'm a big believer in that. And so what would you just say as kind of closing remarks for people like, hey, you can still go out and do great things, but you know, no matter what's happening around you. Yeah. You know, I think that again, life is about choice, right? I think waking up and being grateful Um, For whatever you have, I think waking up and choosing to be happy um, and choosing to find the good in people or in the world around you, there's always going to be chaos. There's always going to be negativity. I mean, that's that's life, right? Um, But it's choosing to focus on the positive. That to me is, you know, that's how you build a happy life. That's how you build a healthy career and healthy relationships and, um, really get where you want to be is put out the energy that you want to get back. And so waking up every day and just making that choice. And then, you know, good things happen from there. Oh, you're living that out. You are the example of it. You got to experience it in sports. And now you are really kind of climbing the ladder and so excited to kind of see what continues to happen with you. But, But Tammy, I just want to thank you for coming on the Gold Standard Podcast and sharing everything that you did today. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Thank you. And everyone, I just make sure that you take all these words to heart. Everything Tammy shared, it really is truly, it's how you do things. It's choosing to find the good. It's deciding to give your best. It's surrounding yourself with the right people. And when you do those things, you will experience the very best that life has to offer and you will live out the gold standard. So hope you all were encouraged and have a great day. Go out and make a difference in your life and in the lives of those around you. You're listening to the Gold Standard Podcast. We'll see you here next time. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Gold Standard Podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please share it with a friend. You can post on social media and tag at Leah20USA or use hashtag Gold Standard Podcast. Make sure you also subscribe so you get notified each week as a new episode releases. You can subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. We appreciate your reviews as they help encourage others to listen in. Until next time, live out the gold standard and keep turning your goals into reality.